0: You're listening to Episode 2 of the Partnerships and Possibilities Podcast. In this episode, Coaching a Change Leader.
1: He knows that the organization they have now can't do what it really needs to do. It's just not functional enough. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Diana. And we're going to be talking about leadership in organizations. Leadership in organization happens at all levels and takes many forms. We hope eventually we'll be talking about pretty much all of them. Last time we were talking about leadership uh, at various levels of the organization and what does it look like. So I thought maybe today I would share with you an example of a change agent and change project uh, I recently started working with someone who's the director of information technology for a large public organization. And he's just moved into that role and is inheriting that department from someone whose management and leadership style was quite different than his. The, the, the previous um, director was much more of a micromanager, much more directive. And, and this person is feeling that because of the constraint of resources that they can't possibly deliver what their, their internal customers want unless they really radically change what they're doing. And so he came to me and he said, I want to do something I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, tell me a little bit about what's been done so far in terms of building the internal organization and he said well here's our mission statement and here's our vision and whatever and i looked at that and i said gee anybody could be doing this how, how do i know this is specific to your organization so i proposed to him that we do the equivalent of what you would call diana a lift-off exercise mm-hmm. which would be to look at the purpose of the organization, mm-hmm. alignment, and context. Mm-hmm. And so within that, we would refine the vision and mission. Um, we would look at some mission tests. We would be looking at simple rules, working agreements. Um, then we'd be looking at the boundaries that they're, mm-hmm. that they're working in, the, um, the resources, all of that. Yeah. It was interesting that the part that really excited him the most With simple rules. You know, he really got excited about the idea that they could um, get their heads around some rules that would apply to everybody within their organization um, and help them make decisions, determine priorities, kind of no matter what.
0: I think those agile chartering elements um, purpose alignment and context are are very much a leadership tool mm-hmm. and while um, in the liftoff book we talked about them as sort of team tools certainly they work for e- you know every uh, organizational unit whether it's a department or right. a whole organization right. or whatever so I think that's very intriguing just to, to think about starting there um I I was I was as you were talking, I was wondering, do you, how, do you know how big his organization is? Yeah, he's
1: got roughly um, 75 people. Okay. And, and my proposal to him was to take the management team, which originally, as we talked about, it was going to be about six people. The more we talked about it, we decided to include the first-line supervisors as well so that it'll be a, a, a group or a team mm-hmm. of roughly 10 people. Mm-hmm. To get them together yeah. uh, and do this work and then feed it back to the larger organization mm-hmm. and before this group would meet, I would give them some questions to ask with each of their the, the groups folks that report to them, so that they come into this meeting feeling that they have a sense of what the larger organization feels is relevant to these, mm-hmm. to these kinds of questions. So that by the time then, we would go through gathering that data, working the data mm-hmm. w- in this group of 10, and then feeding back the data to people and saying, okay, what do you think about it? What did we miss, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, that the whole organization then would feel a sense of engagement
0: around mm-hmm. this. Well, and the, the beauty part of this is that, you know, you could take the vision from the purpose and the simple rules from alignment and each one of those subgroups could build on those to really describe their own mission and their own working agreements and for, for all of those, all of those uh, subgroups, subgroups that, the, that the four frontline supervisors are engaged with. Right. And so it would create just a very coherent, Right, right, right. A lot right. of coherence in that you know, organization, I, I and they're been, very fractal. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you're right, and yeah. I hadn't even thought that far ahead yeah. yet right. because to me it's very clear this is the place to start, and yeah. I kind of just, that's right. all the further my thinking had gone, but you're absolutely right. right. And um, you're right that that would really build that sense of alignment, and you know, this is complicated by the fact that there was some kind of an intervention by another consultant about a year ago where the old director brought this consultant in and said to people, oh, I really want your input and we're gonna look at how we're structured and blah blah, blah but that person already had an agenda. And so the outcome was very much what that person wanted. So I already know that going into this, people are gonna be more than a little skeptical and so I told the current director my client that we have to we have to speak to that. Mm-hmm. We have to recognize that that's there and we have to start really working with some of the key informal leaders of this group in advance of this work to begin to get get them on board and help them sell the rest of the folks that truly i we don't have the predetermined outcome here right. um i don't know what their mission should say i don't know or care what their simple rules are right. um that is for them to figure out right. um but that's going to take some pr so um i actually met last week with the person that he class that he told me was Probably the single most important informal leader of the organization. And I spent a long time with her and really enlisted her opinions, her advice. And she said, you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, We're going to have to sell people on this. And I said, you know, so give me some ideas about how to do that. And she was great. I mean, she really got that. This was really asking people to kind of dig deep to, to, if you will, give the organization another chance. Right. And kind of you never see that in the
0: books, do you? Right. No, you don't. <laughs> and, and where you're starting is with that idea of understanding the current conditions. Right. Which I think is really important, and and I was going to ask you some questions about ah. what else have you learned about that, but you've learned a lot already. It sounds like, um, in terms of you know what some of their history has been, particularly their history around change, right? Because as a friend of mine put it, um, you really need to know where the buffaloes of change have roamed, because. <laughs> They, they impact the landscape when they move through, you know
1: big herds, big
0: herds impact the landscape and and so you know knowing that, knowing um knowing kind of the state of people's minds, yeah. knowing um something about the work that needs to be done, but not specifically about what the true mission is um those things I think you know you're gonna that that all helps to set you up. Sure. For really figuring out um, how do we make meaning of this? Right. Which is really what that sort of Agile Chartering liftoff exercise is about, is right. how do we make meaning right. of where we are so that we can decide how to move forward in the best way? and right. And making that just the first step, not having a big plan until you know what's going to happen there, Right. you know, is I think gives them the best chance of really... Creating it themselves.
1: Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I also learned some some new things about perceptions that people have of this particular director, which, in some ways, are great, and in other ways, not so much.
0: Yeah.
1: Which means that I need to do some additional coaching with him as an individual, mm-hmm. and give him some pretty clear feedback. About what some of the concerns are that people have about him as an individual, and
0: um, so well, so that brings mm-hmm. up something uh, in my mind because we were saying that this is about leadership and about yeah. guiding and steering change, right. and and he clearly wants to do that. So, what kinds of support do you think he needs in order to do the best job of that? What what? What resources does he need what um what's gonna set him up to to really do do the best possible um, job of of steering this change
1: yeah i I certainly i think one of them is access to very direct unvarnished feedback there are You know, there's some things that he needs to address about how he comes across to people that evidently people have been less than direct with him. And so he hasn't really heard it. And for him to really be successful, that's essential. Mm -hmm. So whether it's me or, you know, people in the organization who feel that they can do that Mm -hmm. safely or whatever, he needs that feedback. He needs some time. To be able to process that stuff where he's, you know, so that he's not just constantly in high reactive, fill up my plate, give me more, you know, more, 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 more. Because then it becomes easier to just do next item on the plate, next item on the plate and not spend the time going inside and thinking about what that means and, you know, giving up some behaviors that maybe aren't serving him so well. I I always believe that one of the hardest things for leaders when it comes to big change efforts is it's easy for them to point at other people and say, you should change, they should change. But when you're steering a change, you better darn well be open to what it is about you that has to change. Because you've got a
0: model changing.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and, model, and say to
1: people, yeah. in essence, by your behavior, I'm never too old to learn. I'm never too old to change. And changing conditions mean that, you know, I, we have to adapt. Right. And so the, it's not necessarily that, you know, the skills and the behaviors that got you where you are, are going to continue to serve you. In fact, very likely they're not so so but you can
0: build on them.
1: You can build on yeah. them. You yeah. know, you take the best of what what you did in the past and the things that worked effectively and build on them. But the chances are there are some things that no longer are serving you and getting clear about what those are and then having the courage to move forward is you know, with the old Gandhi, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Right. I mean, that's
0: very much a leadership role in managing right. change. Well, and it, it reminds me that in, um, in many of the Agile methods, when they talk about values, um, ec- extreme programming and, yeah. and Scrum, they talk about courage as a value, mm-hmm. that in order to really make the changes that we need to make, we, we have to have the courage to yeah. to do what's right. We but that's so that's a little bit about you know what kind of support he's going to need. Mm-hmm. Um, how how what how do you think he will need to support his direct reports? Because of course that's the next group. Right. So what what support do you see them needing, and what can he provide them? Well, it's, it's pretty clear to me from listening
1: to both him and some of the other people I've spoken with that some of the people in that group uh, are going to need a fair amount of coaching. Uh, I think this director has the potential to be an okay coach, but it may take some coaching of him to be able to get him yeah. to, to, to hone in on the things that he needs to be coaching other people about that's one thing I think they by and large have grown up in this technical organization and have not read or or been exposed very much to information about what good and effective um, management or supervision looks like so I think there's that
0: and particularly probably not management or supervision of more group work as opposed to individual contributors.
1: That's correct, Yeah. and the other thing is that like many, many IT organizations, it's very male-dominated. Mm-hmm. There are very few women, and the few women that are there wind up being in the role of, you know, the nurturers. They get to organize all the birthdays. Mm-hmm. They get to do all the caretaking. They get to be the ones who are the, the listening posts for the men, you know, <laughs> I, I, have been in that role myself, so yeah. I know it well, and so I think some of the men need to learn how to supervise and, and manage women employees, mm-hmm. um, and they don't have those skills yet. There's no reason why anyone ever, I mean, no one ever demanded it of them. Um, so, and I don't think it's rocket science. I think they could learn that. But somebody is going to yeah. have to provide that to them one way or the other. Whether it's by modeling, whether it's by um, giving them some material to read, uh, by exposing them to some, you know, stuff on the web. There's stuff out well, there. It
0: sounds like opportunities for them to get feedback as well. That's, yeah that's clear and direct and non-judgmental. Yeah. yeah. That would be useful too. Yeah. That would be useful so that they can begin to see their own behaviors in a different light maybe. Right. Or just see them. Right. I mean most of us right. walk around not really able to see our own behaviors right. in any case and <laughs> right. and so and and a real leadership skill right. is being able to see what your impact is when you show up in a place or, yeah. or, you know, how your behaviors affect others and be able to see your own behaviors in that way. That's always You know, if I tricky. were ruling the world, right. <clears throat> which,
1: of course, I'm not, but if I were, one of the books that I would make um, all of the men in that organization read um, is uh, Disappearing Acts," Joyce Fletcher's right. book, right. because I think she does the most fabulous job of anybody I've ever seen, Describing all of those behaviors that women perform in the workplace, which are seen as their, well, they just do that because they're women, um, but but what which in fact serve as kind of the um, the social glue, um, and if they don't do it, they get. You know, right. dissed and punished for it. But when they do do it, they get no credit. They've it's not like seen. they, right. you know, it's just extra stuff that that gets layered on the, on top of the actual work that they do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, I think it's just other book duties is, as a
0: sign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So back to the director. When yeah. you think about helping his group move through this lift off agile chartering yeah. process. How how are you gonna go about is that gonna be sort of a one-day meeting? Is it gonna be a series of things over time? How how are you thinking about that right now?
1: Okay, I'll answer that, but I forgot one other thing that I okay. want to add. When you asked how how you right. know what kind of support, I should say to you that he had already discussed this with his boss uh. who was very on board with it. And I, with his permission, made a point of discussing it with his boss as well, made sure that all of the questions that the boss had were answered, um, and got the reassurance from the boss that there would be money available for this. Okay. Uh, So that... He has resources. He has some resources to do this. Not unlimited, but some resources to do this. So here's how I'm thinking about it right now. The first step uh, was to to meet with some of the informal leaders of the organization. I'm doing that right now, kind of planting some seeds, letting them ask some questions. Second step is I'm going to come to the next meeting in about two or three weeks that he has with his direct reports and their direct reports and I'm gonna do an overview of what the plan is. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'm gonna tell them that um, a letter will be coming to them with some questions that he and I have reviewed that we would like them to go out and talk to their people about mm-hmm. and give them a couple of weeks. And then we have an offsite plan for the better part of a day to do this, the liftoff work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the step after that would be to digest that material, put it in a form that it can go back to the larger organization, bring the entire organization together for like a maybe two or three hour meeting, um, to review all of this and then see what the next steps are. Right. Go from there.
0: So if, if they chose to then go off and do their own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they would be really set up to understand the context of the whole. That sounds really awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And and at that point, we could see whether if they felt perhaps like they needed some, you know, some phone support or, um, you know, an hour, you know, kind of uh, run stuff by me or whatever, we'd figure out how to make that happen as well yeah. at that yeah. point.
0: Well, that sounds great. And I'll be really interested to see or to hear... Um. What sort of begins to emerge yeah. for that next le- level of leader below him? Yeah. Um. And how they how they really engage with this? I think that'll be fascinating. Yeah.
1: It's it's exciting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: How is Sharon's story of coaching a change leader the same or different from your experiences of organizational change? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Comment on our blog or send us an email at info. At com. next week we'll be listening to another story of change leadership this has been episode 2 of the partnerships and possibilities podcast recorded August 30th 2012 thanks for listening